Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We're just going to look at a couple of verses this morning. (coughs) Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. When you get it, say, got it. All right, praise the Lord. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you help us to see the importance of these words today, dear Lord. God, I pray that you help us to see the need for, for, for people around us to be with us, to help us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to correct us, dear Lord. And God, we thank you that we have you that we can go to. And God, we thank you that you put us together as a body of believers. And God, I pray that whatever anybody in this room may be going through today, dear Lord, that they do not have to go through it alone. God, I pray that you do not allow the enemy to to keep us to ourselves, dear Lord, so that we can uh, just give up, so that we can feel discouraged, dear Lord. But I pray that in this body of believers here today, God, I pray that we would be there for one another, no matter what our struggles are, God. I pray that we would seek our brothers and sisters in Christ for that help that we need, dear Lord. And I pray, God, that we would be stronger together. And I pray, God, that you just speak... Uh, Through these words, let these words uh, hit home to us today, and I pray that the Holy Spirit would work in this place in a mighty way today. In Jesus' name, I ask it. Amen. Amen. A couple of simple verses, but boy, these verses are good for us to look at. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. Now, most of you probably realize that if you've ever tried to do anything in life, it's good to have somebody there alongside of you. You can get more stuff done. You have somebody there just to to be with you so you don't get lonely. It's good to have other people around, and as the Scripture says, there is reward for the efforts of two that get together. And Scripture goes on to say that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Every time you add a strand to a rope, uh, it makes it that much stronger. And that's how our life as Christians should be. As a body of believers, of brothers and sisters in Christ that come together, our desire and our goal should be to to be stronger together, uh, to continue to strengthen one another, to continue to to make those bonds stronger, to continue to help one another uh, when help is needed, to to comfort one another when comfort is needed, to, to be there with one another as we are struggling, as we all do. There may be some of you today that have come into this building and you've got struggles. And you feel alone. And it's important for us as Christians when we have struggles, as hard as it may be, to go to brothers and sisters in Christ and say, I'm struggling this way. The struggle is real. I understand that. But boy, there is a great great bunch of love in this room of brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I hope, I don't know this, but I believe it. And if I'm wrong, well, don't tell me. But I hope and I believe and I think that everybody in this church loves everybody else. I think we love each other. I don't mean we may not get frustrated with each other. We don't get mad with each other. It happens even with people you love. We may not always agree with one another. But I believe and I think genuinely deep down we love each other. And when push comes to shove, we would be there for one another. 
But sometimes, sometimes people don't know the struggles we're going through because we do a good job of hiding them sometimes. And as hard as it may be, there's no shame in going to someone and saying, look, I, I need you to pray for me. You don't have to go into all the details. Maybe you should. Maybe you want to. Maybe it, it would help you to get some of that burden off. But maybe it's just something as simple as saying, brother, sister, friend, I need you to pray for me. I'm really struggling in life. And when we're going through a struggle with somebody else, when there's another person there beside us, boy, it makes things a lot easier for us. For if either falls, if we've got somebody with us, as we do in this body that we call a church, if we've got other people alongside of us, there, there, there's something good about that. Because if either person falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. That's good to have a friend. It's good to have people around us that care about <coughs> us. It's good to have a spouse. It's good to have that, that other person there. But, but, but it also applies to the church because there are times that we fail. There are times that we fall. There are times <coughs> that we struggle. But praise the Lord that God has brought us together. I think that it is so important for us as Christians to gather into fellowship and to build relationships. I think that is so important. We could worship God at home. We could worship God on our own time. If we were on a desert island and we were the only one there, we could worship God and we could have a good relationship with God. But God calls us to fellowship. God calls us to be together. And what a wonderful blessing that is. And I think one reason why it's a wonderful blessing is because when we fall, we have somebody there to lift us up. We have somebody there to hug us when we need a hug. We have somebody there to tell us it's going to be okay. We have somebody there to remind us that God loves us. We have somebody there to let us know, I've been through that before, and you're going to make it through. We have somebody to say, I'm going to be with you no matter how bad it is, no matter what you're going through, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to be there with you. And it makes you feel good if you've ever had that. And I would say most of us have. Boy, it makes you feel good to know that you are not alone. There are a lot of things in this world that are better together. But I think the body of Christ is one of the best things that there is. You think about the things that may be good by themselves, but they're better together. Peanut butter and jelly. Now, peanut butter is good, and jelly is good. Boy, you slap them together with a little bread. That's pretty good stuff. Tom and Jerry. Now, if you ever watch Tom and Jerry, some of you may not even know what that is. Tom and Jerry's a good show. But how good would a show be with just Tom? Or just Jerry? It wouldn't be good. They gotta be going at each other, chasing each other, doing stuff to each other. They are better together. Buzz and Woody, one of my favorite movies. Toy Story. They are better together. Chips and salsa. We go eat Mexican a lot. Boy, those chips are good, and that salsa's good. But I don't sit there and just eat chips or just drink salsa. I dip the chips in the salsa. They are better together. Hamburgers and fries. Usually when I eat a hamburger, I'm going to eat some fries. So fries are good by themselves and a burger is good by themselves. But it's something about when you bring two things together, even though they may be totally different, when you put them together and then you even add a little ketchup to it. Every, every element that you add makes it better. Now, I don't know what you like on your burger. But a dry burger's good, but a burger with cheese, add a little bacon. Maybe you like mayo. 
Huh? You top it off with a milkshake. See, everything that you add, it gets better. And that's how the church should be. Every time that somebody comes into the church and we have brothers and sisters in Christ around one another, it should get better. It should keep getting better and better and sweeter and more delicious and something that we cannot wait to come and be part of. And that should be what church should be. We should, we should love being around one another and we should, we, should, we should long to be there for our brothers and sisters in Christ who have a need. Now this is a, this is a two-way street. There are a couple things that have to happen for us to do that as the church. One, we have to be willing to say, I'm struggling. I have a need. I need you to pray for me. If we can't, if we can't open up and share and, and confide things in our brothers and sisters in Christ, then, then they, they don't know to be there for us. Now, I believe that if, if we know that there's a need, that most of us would probably run to it. So first thing we have to do is we have to kind of, this is the hard part, we have to kind of be vulnerable a little bit. We have to open up, and that's tough, because we like to deal with things ourselves, and we don't want anybody to know the truth. So we, we have to be vulnerable. And the second thing is when we see a brother or sister that we know has a need, or we think they have a need, we have to be willing to go to them. And sometimes we say, I, I can't go to them. I'm no better than they are. I don't know what to say. What am I going to say to them? And sometimes we may kind of shy away. But we have to be willing to be open and to be vulnerable. And we have to be willing to say, you know what? I may not be any better than they are. I have my own struggles too. But I can still tell them I love them. I can still pray for them. We don't have to preach a sermon to everybody that we encounter that needs help. We just have to love them. And people know what love is. People know what love is. It doesn't matter what you say. If you just go to somebody and give them a hug, I'm telling you, if you're doing it from the heart, they are going to know that that's love. It might change their day. You might not have to say anything. You may just want to drop them a text message, say, hey, you know what? I'm praying for you. It, it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It just has to be from the heart. Maybe God does give you scriptures. Maybe God does give you some words to speak to somebody. Praise the Lord. That's a good thing. But we have to be willing to make the effort to be there for those who are in need. We have to be willing to make the effort to say, I am in need. And the truth of the matter is, is that we are all in need at some point in time in our life. We all are. We all need a friend. But pity the one who doesn't have a friend. Now some of you may be here today and you may not think you have a friend. Maybe the devil's convinced you that he does that sometimes. He may convince you that you don't have a friend or that you're not loved, but you do. I can tell you right now, you got one friend, I'm your friend. And I'm, I'll venture to say that you've got a lot of friends in this church. Don't allow the devil to, 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 to let you think that you are weak and alone and that you are hopeless and helpless because there is a church full of friends and brothers and sisters in Christ here that want to help you. And as a church, when we work together, we can go farther together. I was watching Michelle and I was a, 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 a nature show the other day. I love those nature shows. I don't know how they get the cameras in those shots that they get to. And these people that have to camp out wherever they have to camp out for months or years maybe to get this 10-second shot of this rare animal. And, and they were covering some animals in Africa. And they, they, they quoted a saying that's popular in Africa. And the saying is, um, <clears throat> if you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I thought about that, that saying, and I thought, boy, how true is that? Sometimes we can go more quickly alone, 
But sometimes going alone, we can also go quickly into trouble, quickly into our own destruction. And you think about all of these wild animals in Africa. Boy, if you go out into the, into the, into the jungle, into the desert, wherever it may be, all of these animals are there. They come out tonight to hunt. If you go alone, you're probably going to be in trouble. If you want to go quickly, go alone. But if you want to go farther, go together. Now, as a church, we should want to go further. We should want to go farther into reaching people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We should want to go farther into our communities. Uh, We should want to go farther together for the kingdom of God. And we go farther not by going alone. We're not in a race. We're We're not trying to do things as quick as we can. We're trying to do things in the best way that's going to bring glory to God. And if we go together, we as Christians can go farther. Thinking about this, this statement this week, it, it kind of was on my mind. It kept coming back to my mind. It reminded me of a video that I watched once. I watched this video years ago, and, and, and some of you may have seen it before. The title of the video, if you ever want to watch it on YouTube, is The Battle of Kruger. Now, don't look it up now. You can watch it later. But I'm going to tell you about the video. It's called The Battle of Kruger, and it, it is one of the most amazing videos that I have ever seen in my life. It was shot by a handheld camera, I think, back in maybe the 80s or the 90s. It's old. Uh, it's, it's at Kruger National Park, which is in Africa. And there was a group of people, and they were on safari. And they were driving through, and they were looking at all these animals. And they came across this big old huge herd of wildebeest that was coming along. And the guy was filming the wildebeest. And then he, he looked over, and he noticed that there were, there were a pack of lions And they were lying in the dirt, and they were lying in wait. They were crouched down, and he would look at the wildebeest, and he would look at the lions, and you saw what was about to happen. The wildebeest were coming right toward them, and you could see by the lions, they were ready to pounce. They were looking for for someone, for something to devour, much like Satan does. He's always on the lookout. He's looking for the herd to come through. We'll refer to us as the herd today. We're, we're kind of like a herd of cattle. We're all together. We graze together. We do that every time we eat, and we kind of go here and we go there together, kind of like the wildebeest did. And our enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion, the Scripture says, and he's on the prowl. He's always on the hunt. He's waiting and ready for someone to pounce on. And here come this herd of wildebeest, and there are the lions in wait. And there are a few wildebeest that kind of separate off from the pack there. And among that group of wildebeest is a small baby wildebeest. Not very big. Not nearly as big as the other ones that are full grown. And as they get closer, here come the lions. Boom! They jump up. Here they come. And they begin to chase that little group that's separated. And who do they go after? They don't go after the full-grown wildebeest. Instead, they go after the, the little baby wildebeest. They go after the one who is the weakest. Not so different from our herd here at church. Satan is the same way. He goes after us when we are struggling, when we are weak, when we got something that's just heavy on our heart. He, 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 he waits for us to come. He waits for us to get separated from the rest of the group. He waits for us to be alone, and then bam, he pounces. So here's this baby wildebeest. It's running along the side of this river that runs through this national park. And the lions are too much. And about four lions pounce on this baby wildebeest. They cover him up. You can't hardly see him. And he rolls off into the edge of the river. And he fights for just a second, not very long. And then he gives up. The baby wildebeest is done for. The lions have completely 
overtaken him. He knows that he doesn't have the strength to fight off four lions. The burden that is on him is too much to bear. He could never overcome or escape. Perhaps some of you think that about your life right now. Perhaps the devil has pounced on you with a struggle or a sin or a burden or a worry or a depression and you've been attacked by the lion and you've rolled into the river and you know there is no hope and you feel like that you cannot escape, that you cannot overcome and there's nothing you can do and how can things get any worse? Well, they got worse. As the baby wildebeest was lying there, he looked like he was dead. He'd give up. He couldn't fight back. He couldn't escape. He couldn't get up. And I thought that they had killed the wildebeest. And then about that time, out of the river comes a giant crocodile. And grabs onto the back of the baby wildebeest. And this battle ensues. When Just when things couldn't get worse, this wildebeest was, they were trying to rip it apart. The lions were trying to destroy it. The crocodile was trying to destroy it. All the while, the wildebeest is just laying there. Things are as bad as they can possibly be. It could not have been any worse. Could you imagine? Some of you can imagine. Not because you've been torn apart by lions and crocodiles, but you know what the struggle is because our struggles are real. And sometimes we feel that way, that we cannot take it, that all of our struggles are coming down on us and our worries and our fears and our sins, and we can't overcome it. And we say, God, why don't you help? And, and just when things seem like they can't get any worse, something horrible happens. And we feel like we're being ripped apart, like we cannot escape, like we have no hope. And the battle ensued. The battle of Kruger raged on. And eventually the lions were able to pull the baby wildebeest back on shore. And he thought, it's over. They've got him. But it wasn't over. Just as you thought the lions had won, the camera pans back and here comes a herd of wildebeest. They saw the young wildebeest. He was weak. He was overtaken. The enemy had come upon him. He could not escape. But here come the rest of the herd. And the wildebeest begin to approach the lions. And the lions are on guard because they know they are outmatched. They know they can't compete. They know they are outnumbered. They know they are going to lose. And then about that time, you see some of the big wildebeest. They begin to run in there and they begin to charge. And they begin to throw lions out of the way. And they begin to kick them here. And they begin to kick them there. And as the lions begin to scatter, the baby wildebeest that hasn't moved begins to get up. It gets up and the lions scatter one way and the baby wildebeest disappears into the herd, disappears into the pack. And it has been rescued by the rest of the herd because they came to his rescue when he needed it the most. He would have never have made it if he would have been alone. He might as well have given up. But because the rest of the herd came back for him, because of the rest of the herd was there for him in his time of weakness, in his time of the enemy coming over him, because the herd came back, the baby wildebeest lived. And when I thought about the scripture, and I thought about that, that saying that we can go farther together, I thought about that story and I said, you know what, our church shouldn't really be any different. Our church shouldn't really be any different. Because as we're, as we're roaming around to do the, the, the will of the Lord and do the work of the Lord, the enemies are always around us. 
those things that are, that are trying to attack us, that sin that keeps coming back into our life, that worry that keeps coming back into our life, that fear that we can't overcome, all of these things, all of them, pride, anything you can think of. I don't know what yours are. You've got them. No, I've got them. We all do. They're all different. But there's all these things all around us. And it's trying to destroy us. It's trying to get us uh, in a moment where we're weak. The devil's looking at us. He knows who's weak. He knows who's strong. And he's just waiting for you to be weak so he can get you alone and so he can attack you. And maybe today, maybe today you feel just like that baby wildebeest did. You might can relate. You say, I feel that. I feel like I'm under attack. I feel like I'm being ripped apart. I feel like I can't even get up. I feel like I have no hope. But I want to tell you today you have hope in the Lord. And I want to tell you today that you've got a herd of brothers and sisters in Christ and we are here for you. We want to be with you in your weakness. We want to meet you where you are. We want to pray for you. We want to take care of you. We want to help you overcome and escape all of these things and these struggles in your life. And all that is, is accomplished by the power of God, by the blood of Jesus Christ. But praise the Lord that God has brought us together as a, as a, as a group of brothers and sisters so that we can be there for one another. So that if you have fallen today, if you are struggling, you can know that you've got somebody here today to pick you up. Now we're going to do things a little different today. I'm going to ask Macy to come up and, and begin to play for us. And we're going to do things a little different today. Now this is going to be tough. I know this is going to be tough, but I want you to, I want you to think. I want you to, to, to pray about this. I want you to think about this as we, as we get ready to conclude today. But I want to ask you today, if you're struggling, if you're weak, if you're having a hard time, if you're overwhelmed, as Macy plays, I want to ask you today as we, as we conclude here, if you're struggling, I want you to be vulnerable. I want you to open up. And I want you to come down. Maybe, maybe you just got something on your heart and it's just too much and you can't take it anymore and you just need somebody to pray for you. I want to let you know there are people here that want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. So maybe you, you, you just want to come down here and you, you don't have to tell us what's going on. You don't have to tell anybody anything. Maybe you just want to come down and you want to give it to the Lord. I want to ask you to come and I want to ask you to kneel and begin to pray to the Lord. I want to ask you if you can't kneel, sit on these front pews. You don't have to say a word. If you're struggling with something, if, if, if you just need prayer, if you need help, if you need encouragement, I want to encourage you to come. And for the rest of us, if we see somebody sitting on a pew, if we see somebody kneel down here that may be struggling, I want the rest of the herd to get up and I want you to come pray for them. You don't have to know what they're going through. You don't have to know the details. All you got to know is that there's a brother and sister in Christ that's weak, that's struggling, that needs your prayers. If you see somebody come up here and kneel down, if you see somebody come sit down, I want to encourage you. If the Lord leads you to, I want you to get up and I want you to come sit beside them. I want you to lay your hand on them and I want you to pray for them. And maybe you pray for somebody else and you need to be prayed for. You go sit somewhere else and maybe somebody else, when they get through, go pray for this person. Now, I know this is tough because we have to be vulnerable. And there may not be anybody in here that's struggling today. There may not be anybody in here that feels like they're under attack, but I believe there probably is. I believe that there may be somebody in this room that needs a prayer, and I want you to know that there are brothers and sisters in Christ here that want to pray for you. 
And if we see a brother and sister in Christ that comes down and either sits or kneels, I want us to come down and I want us to pray for them. I want us to lay our hands on them. I want them to know that we are there, that we are not going to allow the enemy to overtake, uh, to overtake us, to attack us, but by the power of God, through the victory of Jesus Christ, we are going to overcome those struggles and those fears and those sins and those worries and those things that the devil attacks us with. And if we go together, we can go farther. And we need to be together as a church, and we need to be there for one another.